And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning and welcome to The Real Investment Show. It's, of course, uh, a new year as we uh, have gotten the first day of the trading out, out of the way. Of course, not a great day yesterday. Markets uh, started out on the upside early in the morning. Looked like we were gonna get kind of that first five days rally that we were hoping for. Market failed, closed lower yesterday. Now we're gonna try again this morning. Futures pointing up here a little bit. Um, so we'll see how it goes this morning. But uh, of course, you know, lots of concern here. Uh, Santa Claus did not visit Broad and Wall, right? And that's the, that's, the big, that's the big story here because again, when Santa Claus fails to visit Wall Street, well, typically the following year has not been great. Now, of course, we're also into the month of January, which is just full of axioms, right? That uh, we go back through history about. Uh, the so go the first five days of January, so goes the year. Well, this is day two. First, year, first day of the year wasn't great, but we're in day two now, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, so goes the month of January, so goes the year, right? So uh, a lot of concern here about, you know, trying to get some traction underneath the markets here. If we can get the market to perform a little bit here over the next few days, few weeks, um, maybe they'll provide a little bit better outlook for the markets and get some people to allocate some capital back to stocks. Now, the good news here on a real short-term basis is that we haven't really done much over the last few weeks and the last couple of weeks in particular, this whole Santa Claus rally. Yes, we failed to go anywhere, but market didn't really do much. Just kind of really just set, set here at a fairly you know strong base right along this 3,800 level, uh, just really kind of back and forth um, off that level. So been building this little base, this very consolidation range here over the course of the last couple of weeks of trading. Um, that's kind of good news for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we're setting higher lows. The last time that we kind of based like this uh, at a low was back in October, of course, that led to that rally in November. Um, difference was markets were much more oversold back then. So again, the rally that we got was, uh, was a bit larger here. But the good news is, is that we are starting to look like we're trying to establish a higher low from that October low. So we had the lows in October and the markets had this nice rally, pullback, trying to form this low. So that's a little bit bullish outlook here for stocks, at least in the short term. If we can form this higher low, that also kind of puts, uh, you know, this potential here for a rally to rally back up here a bit. Now, unfortunately, uh, a lot of resistance here. We've got several moving averages that are all converging right here uh, you know, at, uh, at 3,900 which is just above where the market's trading right now. So we may get a little bit of a rally here, but again, a lot of resistance to try to get through at the moment. And again, outlooks for you know, this year, still not great. Got to talk about you know, the economy, certainly going to be slowing down this year some more as the Fed continues to hike rates. Uh, this week, we're going to get the minutes out for the, the last Federal Reserve meeting. So we'll kind of get a little bit more flavor about their outlook for hiking rates and where or if and of course you know we drift from one meeting to the next hoping for a pivot <laughs> uh, that hasn't come yet and there's no indication the fed is going to pivot anytime soon um, you know but again uh, the fed's hiking rates but more importantly and this is uh, uh michael liebowitz posted out an article on our website this morning so if you go to our website realinvestmentadvice.com there's an article there 
talking about quantitative tightening, and it's also kind of the 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 tag of our daily market commentary going out this morning as well at 7:30. So make sure you're subscribed for that at the website. Um, you know, the Fed is still tightening monetary policy, not just in terms of hiking rates, and this is potentially one of the mistakes that a lot of investors are, are, going, are going to make is looking for that first pivot for the Fed. And, and at some point this year, yes, the Fed is going to stop hiking rates. That's not a pivot, right? That's just them stopping hiking rates. Their plan is to hold those rates at a higher level. Of course, higher interest rates, slow economic growth, that's going to slow down earnings. Earnings have not corrected enough yet to adjust for a weaker economic outlook. Um, slower spending, slower consumption, all those excess savings that uh, you know a lot of consumers had saved up in the bank following all those stimulus checks, that's fading off pretty quickly here as, as that kind of uh, you know fiscal pig moves through that moves through the economic python, right? So you know there's a lot of impact here going into this year that is certainly going to be a challenge for markets. So, you know, again, something to pay attention to, but most importantly, it's quantitative tightening, you know, right? The Fed is going to be tightening their balance sheet some more. They've gotten off to a slow start. They were supposed to be doing about 700 billion by now. They're, they're roughly right around 500 billion. So that $95 billion a month in roll-off is going to pick up this year as we start getting into, to, you know, further this year moving those assets off their books, reducing that balance sheet, that's less liquidity in the markets. So again, you know, the, the thing that investors are hoping for, they're hoping for this pivot from the Fed. But again, when the Fed does pivot, when the Fed does start high, you know, reducing rates and potentially reversing QT back to QE, that's not going to be the moment to buy stocks. That'll be because they broke something. So again, don't be a little, don't be you know, too anxious about jumping into the markets just yet. Again, all the things that kind of weighed on the markets last year have not changed, right? Inflation is still running at fairly high levels. Yes, it's coming down, but still running at high levels. Interest rates are certainly elevated here. That's going to weigh on the consumer and the economy. Quantitative tightening is going to contract that liquidity that was flowing into the market. So all the things that supported the asset growth over the last couple of years in particular, monetary stimulus from the government, none of that exists anymore. So again, hoping that we're going to get back into a rip-roaring bull market over the course of the next few months might be a little bit exuberant. So just be a little bit cautious here. Again, it doesn't mean that markets can't you know, start to go up, right? It doesn't mean that you know, we do certainly have some bullish kind of indications that are forming here in the markets. If we can establish these higher lows, if we can get the MACD to turn back onto a buy signal, uh, markets are oversold short-term enough to have a decent rally here. 39, 4,000, you know, 3,900, 4,000 on the, on the S&P not, would not be surprising at all uh, here in the next month or two. And again, fairly decent rally to, to trade, but be careful, you know, saying, okay, well, now the bull market's back, the bear market's over. Um, that may not be the case just yet. So again, kind of pay attention to this. Um, a lot of headlines out right now that the market has never had two down years you know, in a row. Um, it's actually happened before, 1973-74, of course, 2001 and two. You had two consecutive down years. We've actually had uh, you know, bear markets that have lasted longer. Um, it's more of a calendar quirk than anything else. Like the bear market started halfway through a particular year and the market started to decline but didn't turn in didn't wipe out all the previous gains for the year 
and then you had more of a decline next year. So again, a lot of this analysis you're going to see about the markets never, you know, not having, you know, that, uh, you know, sorry, I'll spit that out. A lot of this analysis you'll read about, uh, you know, two down years in the markets being a very rare thing. It does happen. Um, a lot of times it's a calendar quirk, so just be careful with the headlines. Yes, within a given 12-month period, you may not have two down years in a row, but you've had declines that have certainly lasted longer than a year um, multiple times. So again, just kind of pay attention to what's going on here. Uh, the risk of another down year certainly is, is there, um, depending on what's happening with the economy and the markets as we get into later this year. If we do get a recession, of course, that's going to be the bigger driver for earnings and markets and those type of things. So a lot of stuff to get into this morning. All getting caught up here after being on vacation for a week. So uh, we might have a few little glitches this morning as we get back in the groove of things. But stick around. Be right back after the break. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, the markets, money, economics, more. It's all coming up this morning right here on The Real Investment Show. Don't go away. worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Doran Mayhew, Thursday, January 12th at noon, with the ins and outs of family limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com realinvestmentadvice.com the Real Investment Show. I told you you have a glitch. <laughs> We're just trying to get back into the swing of things. And we actually had a dress rehearsal yesterday, so... There you go. You know, so, you know stuff happens, though. <laughs> so I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about my ski trip this year. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, because, you know, I cannot go on a trip without having something happen, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. just, you know, either... My son, uh, you know, gets appendicitis, you know, while we're there, you know, broken collarbones, so, you know, delayed airline flight, something. Something always happens, especially when we go to see my liberal cousin, Dwayne. It's the luck of the Roberts. It's the luck of the Roberts. And uh, maybe it's just my liberal cousin, Dwayne. <laughs> maybe it's when we fly out to Utah to go see him that, you know, it, it becomes an issue. So this year we, we get up and we go to the airport. Everything's going smoothly, swimmingly well. Mm -hmm. We get the, there, there's nobody around. You know, everything's going well. We get into the airport, and of course, uh, you know, all the kids had come home from college, right? right? So we right. got all the kids with us, and and so we're all we're all going to the airport. Trip starting off very well. Of course, now we're worried about flight delays because of this whole Southwest Airlines thing going on. Sure. Now we were flying United, but you know, worried about the weather and potential, you know delays and so we get to the airport our flights on time things are starting out really well we get a text or my son gets a text actually and it's a picture of his car and <laughs> the picture of the car is from the side where there's now a giant dent in the door of the car the neighbor across the street had backed out of the driveway and, the, and he was parked on our street right by our driveway yeah. backed right into the car uh. so <laughs> So he's very nice, though. It sends us, you know, all his insurance information. So it'll all get taken care of. But, you know, hey, it starts off. We get onto the airplane. We get we get to Utah. Everything's going well. We get there. Blizzard. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it is dumping snow. So the first day we can't even ski. The kids go out and ski. I can't ski in that. I mean, no. just, you know, it was like it was like two degrees. You can't even see like five feet ahead of you. The kids are like, screw this, we're going. And so they went up and skied. But, you know, I'm, I'm not doing that at my age. Um, so everything's great. Rest of the rest of the the whole thing went great. Dwayne came over, my yeah. liberal cousin Dwayne. Yeah. We we had long talks about you know economy and and politics, of course, and what's happening with capitalism versus socialism and all these type of things. And, Did you convince him? Uh, no, we, no, he is he is a he is the perfect person to have a conversation with because he has his his point of view mm-hmm. right that he thinks, but he's very open to hearing other points of view and of course you know we i talk about things very factually just you know this is statistics this is economics this is how this works so we always have really good conversations about this but he's a big fan of the show right and and so we talk about him a lot and he gave me a christmas present oh did he he did and uh you will now have a new bobblehead Of my liberal cousin Dwayne, <laughs> that he had made. That's great. <laughs> that will now be residing in our studio. So, Dwayne, thank you so much for the bobblehead. You will now be a permanent resident of the Real Investment Show. <laughs> oh, that's here. Great. I don't know where our bull and bear went, but well, we'll, we'll put it up here on yeah, the set. There you go. So, anyway, uh, flight back though, we did get delayed five hours. Uh, only five. Hours. Only five hours at the airport. <laughs> no, it was interesting though. We did get into the airport at Salt Lake, uh, so we're coming back. And we go into the airport, and as you walk past one of the baggage claim areas, it's one of the southwest lines, there is literally had to be thousands of stranded bags sitting in Salt Lake City, Mm -hmm. just waiting to get somewhere, I guess. Um, But Is Salt Lake City a hub for southwest? uh, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But there was a lot of bags just sitting around oh. that all belonged to Southwest. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we got delayed five hours on the way back, and but finally got home and everything was good. So, it seems like a pretty calm trip for the Roberts it, household. It, it, all it, things considered, all things considered, wrecked car, delayed flights. <laughs> Other than that, it was awesome. And blizzard, <laughs> don't forget the blizzard. So, yeah, and we're not talking Dairy Queen either. And, and by the way, when uh, after we left, we actually left just in time because Dwayne actually called us. He uh-huh. says, You left just in time. They got three feet of snow over the next two days. Really? Yeah, this is a huge blizzard. So, that's no way to live. Yeah, yeah, that's no place to live. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Danny, good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Doing great. Good. Awesome. Uh, Danny Ratliff joining me this morning. So, yeah, a few things here kicking off the new year. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot, you know, at the end of last year about doing tax loss harvesting and, and doing donor advised funds and getting all that stuff in, uh, you know, before the end of the year, because there's certain deadlines that you have to get done before December 31st. Now that we're past that, um, you can still make your IRA contributions until April the 15th. And so there's, you still have time on some of those things, but you know, this is, you know, this is uh, now that we're into a new year, right? It's it's now time to start thinking about, okay, what do we do for the next 12 months, right? And this is, as I was talking about a second ago, um, you know, in, in kind of the open is that, you know, there's a lot of concern right now about where the markets are going to be this year. And of course, you know, what's going to happen economically. Um, but there's also the political side of the debate that is going to be really kind of focused on this year potential for higher taxes, potential for changes to tax law, those type of things. So, you know, these are some of the things that, you know, we're going to have to think about, you know, and again, we don't know 
as is, is always the case, you know, what might pass or what or, or what won't pass. Right. So again, now with the split Congress, you know, split Congress uh, between the House and the Senate, that's certainly going to make it more difficult to pass tax law changes or pass, you know, other types of bills. But it's always an annual concern. Right. So when we start talking about, you know, the political side of what could happen, you know, how does that feed into uh, you know, Roth IRA conversions, should you consider that, uh, you know, early early distributions from retirement accounts, those type of things. So, you know, Danny, what are you all kind of looking at, you know, potentially this year that people need to be thinking about? Yeah, we are hoping that 2023 is going to be a much quieter year on a legislation front in the sense that, and really this last year was rather quiet compared to 2021, um, because lots of changes were trying to be pushed through. So with there being a split, I think that's going to be advantageous to us for the moment where we don't feel like, you know, our pants aren't on fire to go make a big change quickly. However, I do think you need to be very mindful as far as where you're putting funds, uh, understanding that things can change and can change quickly. And our thought is, is that they're still going to see higher taxes at some point. They're, I mean, did you see the new spending bill? Right. I mean, it's not like they're taking One, things away. $1.7 Correct. Yeah. So um, the, the thought is that at some point you're going to see these higher taxes. So we're talking about a lot of hypotheticals, though. What does that actually mean? What does that mean for you? Do you retire in a much lower tax bracket? And what we find is that many times most people don't. And so where can you put funds aside right now? And so you mentioned the Roth. I think that's a great avenue, especially for the moment. I don't believe they're going to go away. The government needs money. They need it now. So they would rather instead, I think, giving you that you know before tax, you know, you putting funds away pre-tax treatment. I think they'd rather get to the assets now and, and be able to tax those funds at the moment. Um, but... Further down the road, I do envision this seeing taxes are going to be higher. So like you mentioned, Lance, I mean, these are things that we always talk about frequently is that where can you put funds now? So a lot of times we do hear from people, they say, listen, I am 62. I'm going to retire at 65. I don't need a financial plan yet. And, you know, my thought is the, the younger you are, probably the sooner that I think that we can really help a lot of people because by the time you get to where you're stepping into retirement, you know, I'd like to be able to help somebody prior to that say, hey, here's where you should put funds versus just saying, well, everything's right here. Here's where we're going to pull it from. Um, because what we're looking to do is keep more money in your pocket longer term. And I think it's it's pretty difficult if all we do is stuff funds in a 401k or those pre-tax accounts, which unfortunately, that's what we've been told for years. I think everybody's brainwashed. The industry's brainwashed and saying, you put funds in these pre-tax accounts, and it's great. It makes sense until you start thinking about if you have that partnership with Uncle Sam, you start taking funds out and they begin to tax you on it. And it's going to be at a higher rate than what you envision. Your funds just don't go as far. And so I think that that's why we need to start thinking about where you're putting funds right now. And going into the new year, everybody needs to be looking at what do your 401k contributions look like? Are you putting those pre-tax? Are you putting them after tax? Are you leaving money on the table? I mean, we talked to a lot of people that they they fully fund the 401k and they do so very quickly but because of the way they do so they're actually leaving match matching funds from the employer on the table because they're not doing so over the full year so lots of things to think about start diving into your 401k your savings plans uh, understanding where you're putting funds and and make sure you're doing so in a way that you're taking advantage of everything that your employer has to offer and i think that's another big thing right now lance mm -hmm. is that you know going into the new year Taking a deep dive into that is something that, you know, I think a lot of people do a pretty good job initially, but we, unfortunately, we see a lot of times, you know, at the end of the year, we're doing reviews saying, hey, how do we do? 
<laughs> that's one thing that that we fail to to account for a lot of times. Well, and it's interesting too because you 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 mentioned the 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill. That thing was loaded with all kinds of new taxes that are coming out. And if you don't think your taxes are going up, you're sadly mistaken. Unfortunately, you know what the government hopes is that you'll just think it's just on the greedy, evil corporations, right? Because there's just additional taxes on oil and gas corporations, additional taxes on coal, you know, the production, uh, taxes on um, stock buybacks. There's a 1% excise tax on stock buybacks. And so it looks like, oh, it's just we're raising taxes on those corporations. Don't worry about it. Just remember that everything rolls downhill eventually. And so just because the taxes are going up on these corporate side, your taxes are going up as well because – It'll either come through in the form of higher prices or additional, you know, tax inputs, you know, elsewhere down the line. So, again, it's just, you know, the government just kind of hopes that this will all kind of bypass you and you just won't pay much attention to it. But, you know, uh, again, you can't impact the economy on one side of the ledger without it eventually winding up in the household at some point. So, you know, these these tax increases are coming down down the pipe to you. I'm not even sure they think that far out. I mean, I'm. (laughs) To be honest, I mean, they just think, hey, we need the money. Yeah. Well, when you're spending $1.7 trillion in a year, and again, look, we're not that $1.7 trillion they just passed isn't going to make it the full year. We'll run out of money before we get there, and we'll be back to another debt ceiling. September. You know, before October, that, yeah. right? Because October is the fiscal year in. This yeah. will, we'll run out probably May. We'll blow through this and have to raise the debt ceiling again. So just, yeah, there is no spending controls in Washington. Not when you don't have a budget to follow. Anyway, all right, be right back after the break. And uh, we'll see what, uh, you know, kind of the outlook is for this year. And, and again, kind of talking about what are kind of the big challenges uh, ahead. Don't go away. More of the Bill Investment Show coming back with Danny Ratliff right after the break. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. Are you as worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Doran Mayhew, Thursday, January 12th at noon, with the ins and outs of family limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Advice. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. So, you know, one of the big challenges in my household is my wife trying to reach things because she's short. So... You know, it's like, what if, <laughs> just to irritate her, I put things on higher shelves. <laughs> That she can't see. <laughs> Where did that go? It's right here, honey. <laughs> Look up there. It's, it's right there. But it was the other day she's trying to. So we have these cabinets. These uh, we have this in this house that we rent. There's we have the 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 people built these cabinets and they have sliding drawers in them to store like it's like a pantry, right? right. So yeah. so we have like a shelf. Like one of the drawers has all the soup in it. And the other day she's not feeling well today, so she was trying to find some chicken noodle soup. 
and she's opening this drawer, and I hear I hear this clunk, 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 oh. and she's in there having to lift each can out, and she can't. She's standing on tiptoes, and she's trying to reach the back to get, you know get these cans out so she can see what the soup is. So anyway, it's 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 a daily challenge for her struggle to be short, right? And so I just wanted to let you know that I am doing my part for the climate by you know. <laughs> being married to a short woman uh, did you see that there's a new study that said uh, that a being new york short? times yeah. op-ed yes it's, it's not a study it's an op-ed oh, there it was a, okay a short so, story so let's, it's a short story um she said so Mara, by a short Alt, person. Mara altman claims that we need to mate with short people because if we can lower the height of future generations we won't eat as much so it'll save the climate somebody thought real hard about that one <laughs> so what editor even let that pass? <laughs> you know? It has to do with climate change. So you, 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 uh, there you go. It gets a pass, yeah, right? I got it. So it doesn't matter. There's no scientific. Because, again, you, there are pe- there, two short people can mate and have a tall person. That's it, right. It, yeah. Because, you know, of, of what happens in Jesus. There's a, a, there's a show on television my wife watches on TLC called, uh, I can't think of the name of it. but it's Vertically Challenged. <laughs> Well, it's 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 little people, little people, little people, yes. and and anyway, so it's about this family of little people, and but they have normal sized children yes. sometimes. Yes. So it's, it has what to do with your genes. It's not just being with somebody short. I once read somewhere that short people have a higher rate of metabolism, which means they would eat more, yeah. possibly. So there you go. So anyway, I just want to let y'all know I am doing my part, though. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm trying to save the planet. <laughs> You were cool before that was cool. I know, right? And of course, uh, uh, of course, all of our kids are taller than she is, like by multiple inches. Yes. So, yes. Again, just a proof in the pudding. How tall is your bride? Five. Well, it d- d- depends on you ask her. Oh. And and yeah. whether or not and you're the shoes she's wearing. And, and the shoes, shoes and yeah. the hair, yes. right? Yeah. So yeah. five five on a good day, mm. but reality probably five three and a half, five okay. four. So right. yeah, she seems taller. Because usually it's heels, heels and hair. She's somewhat statuesque. Heels and hair do the trick. Do yeah, the trick. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, big hair. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Higher hair. <laughs> oh man. So Danny, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome back, Danny. <laughs> anyway, do your part, people. Save the world. Um, anyway, so Danny, a uh, couple of things. Uh, you know, as you know, we're kind of starting to get into the year-end reviews, starting to talk about, you know, what's coming up this year, financial planning, adjustments to inflation, adjustments to economic growth. Um, you know, those are all kind of be the, the big talking points, um, you know, here to start the year. The question, of course, is, you know, really this comes down, as I said earlier, you know, this all comes down to the Fed. Ultimately, is the Fed going to cut rates at some point this year? Are they going to pivot? You know, are they going to reverse QT? Because those are the real drivers of the markets over the last, you know, few years. Um, monetary liquidity infusions, both government as well as Fed, have been big drivers for asset prices. Those are all in reverse right now. So again, it's it's a bit challenging to expect, you know, six, eight, nine, twelve percent rates of return in a market where you have the the headwinds that we have now versus the tailwinds that we had previously. So. Yeah, I think it's like you said in the first segment, nothing has materially changed since we you know, moved into the new year in 2023. We're still dealing with the same problems that we faced earlier. And so one thing that we're really looking at and doing a deep dive into in the beginning of this year is what does spending look like last year? Because many households are finding that they actually spent more than they anticipated because of inflation. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's some that just spend more because they spend more, right? They they just do what they do. And so many times when we look at a plan, you know, we say, okay, you know, how are we how are we doing our, our on our end of the bargain? Are we holding up with investment returns? Are we you know, in a bad year? Did we were we able to mitigate some risk and do a little bit better than what we had expected or anticipated within the plan? Um, what are we doing for those inflation numbers? And you know, we want to make sure that on both sides of the ledger, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have years that we don't perform as well as we hope. I mean, that's going to happen. These are markets, right? If it's not a fixed investment, it's something that's going to go up and down. And so, but we can work hard to mitigate risk, reduce exposure, increase it at different times. And um, but you know, we need to make sure that we're holding up our end of the bargain on the other end, which is the spending. And right. so this is the part that I think most people don't like, Lance, because <laughs> nobody four, wants to be told how much they can spend. That four-letter word, the budget? Correct, yeah. But within a financial plan, you know, my goal is, is for you to say, Danny, here's what I would like to do. Here's my goals, you know, my, my needs, my wants, my wishes, my dreams. This is, you know, the biggest pipe dream. I want to try to help make sure our clients can get there. Is there a way that we can find that you can accomplish these goals? And if not, okay, well, what do we need to do? Is there something different we can change along the way? And so this is a time right now, I think, it, that a lot of people will get into the new year. Everybody wants to lose weight, save more money, and make more money. And so all great things. But we need to start and take baby steps by doing so. And so that four-letter word that I don't even want to say, the budget, <laughs> uh, this is a really good time to start taking a look into what you actually spent this last year. And, you know, we're going to have things that occur that pop up that we just can't account for. But there's going to be things that we can control. And so that's what I want you to really look at and say, okay, what did I spend this last year? Are these, you know, items that I'm going to continuously spend on? Or was it a one-time deal and likely, you know, the AC goes out, uh, the car breaks down. I mean, these are things that just aren't likely going to happen or events that won't happen each and every year. So go look at what that budget looks like and then go back to your advisor and say, okay, you know what? What did we have in the plan? All right, we had X amount. I spent less. Great. Or I spent way more. Can we adjust that? Uh, and I think that that's one of the the problems with a lot of plans because many people they get this plan. It's just paper bound. It looks pretty. They stick in a drawer. They never do anything yeah. with it. And I hate it. You know, my clients will tell you I don't like sending out uh, paper plans because you know, unfortunately, they just it's just kind of a paper weight at, yeah. at the end of the day. And so I want to be more um, you know, interactive with it because well, life happens. Things, yeah. We're going to get curveballs, forks in the road. We need to adjust. Well, and that's and the, the most important point about that is, and, and this is something that, you know, a lot of people will tell me, they go, oh, I've already got a financial plan. Yeah. I was like, great. When was the last time you updated that plan? Oh, like six years ago. Um, you know, so what happens is, is most times they go meet with an advisor and they get this nice, pretty brown plan, mm -hmm. right? And then they goes on a shelf and then nobody ever looks at it again. And then you're just kind of off to the races to whatever happens and markets are going up and down. And this is why, you know, really it's so important. You have to update. That plan is basically the blueprint for building your house. And the problem is, is that every year you've got to update that plan for changes to the code, right? Um, whatever happens in the market, you've got to update that plan so that you can know whether or not it's, it's, it's the guidepost of whether or not you're on track to meet your retirement. So if you're not updating that plan every single year, it really isn't worth doing the plan to start with because once you've done the plan and then you put it in the shelf, it has no value after that. It's, the whole value of that is that that is your pathway to success. And every year you need to, and, and this is, and this is, I've talked about this before. This is one of the biggest fallacies of the market. 
every day you're watching CNBC and everybody says, well, if you didn't beat the S&P last year, who cares? The S&P has nothing to do with your portfolio or your lifestyle or anything else. The S&P doesn't pay taxes. It doesn't have, you know, net inflows of, of, of capital like you can put into your account. It's just basically a, a stagnant picture of stocks. And, and what you don't get the benefit of that an index does is what's called the substitution effect. If a company goes bankrupt, they just take it out of the index and put a new company in. It all readjusts. And it's all based on market cap. It has nothing to do with what happens in your portfolio, Right. And so it has no cash. You've got cash. So you've got to manage your cash exposure. And all these things, they all have an impact on your returns over time. The only thing you should benchmark to is your financial plan, right? Your financial plan says you need 5% a year. Did you make your 5% last year? Yes or no? That's all you need to know about getting to your retirement plan. Forget the S&P. All the S&P does is make, make you take on too much risk. It leads you to make bad decisions because you're worried about the volatility up and down. Go back to that plan. Am I on track to meet my plan? That's all you need to be focusing on. Well, that's what we need to talk about, right? The hurdle rate. What is that hurdle rate that you need to accomplish those goals? And does that mean that each and every year you're going to meet that minimum rate? No. But over long periods of time, you, you should. You should be successful. And the other aspect of that, you know, we talk to people day in and day out that say, oh, yeah, nah, don't worry don't worry about the plan. Okay, how long has it been? How long since you've updated? Oh, eight years. <laughs> well, do you think anything has changed in those that eight-year time frame? Do you think we've had inflation adjustments? We for you know not only income tax brackets but for how much you can put aside in four hundred one ks and IRAs, uh, inflation adjustments just in general. I mean, come on, the Fed had a hard time getting inflation above two percent for over a decade, and I mean, look what had to happen just yeah. to get us there. And now, granted, it may stick here for a little bit longer than everybody's hoped, but you know, has your plan been adjusted for that? Um, what about for bad markets? Do you ever assume for that? Well, just the little things that, that we need to, the reasons why we don't just put them on a shelf, because they need to be adjusted each and every year. We're adjusting yeah. capital market assumptions. All of those things need to be taken into account. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, every year at this time, it said some of the year I kind of run through a budget, as you said before, like, you know, that I spend more than this year. I was, this year, I was really excited because, you know, we sold our house, we're renting, yeah. I brought costs down. Did I save any money? No. Why? Inflation. Yeah. I looked at our, our food costs went through the roof. So. Too, I think it's almost getting cheaper to eat out than it is to eat in. It's crazy. Got to be careful where you go, though. Uh, yeah. No, you do. <laughs> Went to a restaurant in Salt Lake. Crazy. Yeah? Crazy what they're charging for food. So, anyway, be right back after the break. Don't go away. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. Are you as worried about estate taxes as we are? Our first Lunch and Learn of the New Year will focus on family limited partnerships. This valuable tool in the tax code could provide your estate with the safety and security you crave for your family. Join Richard Rosso, Danny Ratliff, and special guest Chris Masters, CPA with Dora Mayhew. Thursday, January 12th at noon with the ins and outs of family limited partnerships for your estate and tax planning. Register now at realinvestmentadvice.com. realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show.
And welcome back to the show this morning. Danny Ratliff joining me. So, Danny, you've got a Lunch and Learn coming up here shortly. We do. It's going to be on family limited partnerships to talk a little bit about estate planning, what families can do to protect themselves. So, have Chris Masters, a partner at Jordan Mayhew, so an accounting firm here in Houston. Uh, really, just a lot of great information just to make sure that, you know, it's one thing I think that is so overlooked, mm-hmm. and we talk about this often, the estate plan. Nobody wants to talk, address their mortality uh, or address where those funds will go when they pass. And, you know, how do you protect them in the interim? And so this is one of those deals uh, we hope at the beginning of the year, maybe everybody's kind of thinking about, okay, what should we be doing to just kind of, you know, dot our I's, cross our T's. And so this will be a good one. Yeah. It'll be and the 12th. This is going to be what, next Thursday at yeah. noon. Well, again, you know, we, we talk a lot about this, you know, it's, and, you know, part of, of, you know, there's, there's two aspects to creating financial stability in life and one is building the assets and the other is keeping them right and yeah. so you know you know a lot of, we have a lot of clients that come to us and they're like yeah i've got you know 14 rental properties right and it's like okay well who owns them i do it's a terrible idea <laughs> so you know if you want to lose assets really quickly you know don't structure your financial nest egg in a manner to protect those assets you know there's a reason that rich people don't own anything directly Everything is through a holding company, which owns other holding companies, which owns other LLCs um, that distance those assets from personal liability. So, again, if you own multiple, as a good, a good example, you have multiple rent properties. Every one of those properties should be in a separate LLC. Why? Because if somebody falls you know, off the front step and breaks their leg, they're going to sue. And the only person they can sue is that LLC because that provides the asset protection between that house and you personally. So they can't get into your personal assets. They also can't go after all the other rental houses that you own. So it limits that liability to that one house. And so this is why family limited partnerships, you know, these types of things that we talk, we talk about whole life insurance. We talk about all these other things that are part of that overall estate planning process that will not only help you build wealth, but will help you maintain that wealth over time because things happen, right? Yeah, they do. Certainly. Well, this this is kind of that next step, right? So we hear a lot of people say, well, you know, Dave Ramsey says this or that. Dave Ramsey is really good for people when you're trying to get out of debt and you're trying to just get to saving. But what do you do once you've accomplished all that and now you have funds and you need to protect them? And so that's what we're going to be talking about. And so to make sure that, you know, like Lance said, some, somebody falls down on a rental property, right? Everybody has rental property now. Mm-hmm. What happens? I mean, that's that's a big key. What happens if uh, you get in a car wreck? I mean, these are things that people don't think about. Right. You don't have an umbrella policy. Well, okay, well, where, where are they going? They're going to start looking at assets. What do those attorneys do right away? Say, well, okay, where does this guy have this? Okay, we're going to go after this. Right. Yeah. And How and, do you protect it? Yeah. And because insurance policy, yeah, I have auto insurance. Yeah, but there's limits to that, that coverage. Correct. Right? They don't cover everything. And so lawyers, if you get into a bad auto accident, they're going to start going after your personal assets. Well, if those things are shielded, they can't get to those. You know, things like, you know, and again, you know, Dave Ramsey, awesome guy for getting yourself out of debt. You know, he poo-poos whole life insurance policies, but those are judgment proof. They, you know, those are assets you can build in cash that provide an annual stream of income and a whole lot of other you know potential benefits but it also they're judgment proof against you know lawsuits and liability annuities 
A lot of people poo-poo annuities. Like, oh, well, annuities are too expensive. Yeah, that's true, right? You know, you've got to be careful. An annuity should not be sold. They should have a, a part and parcel um, within your portfolio allocation and within your estate plan. But there was a reason that when Enron collapsed, Ken Lay's family maintained much of their wealth because he had transferred most of his assets into annuities, which are what? Credit proof. Credit proof. Right. So there's there are things to there are reasons to own certain things to protect your assets and protect your liabilities. So, again, don't just throw things. And a lot of people I talk to, you know, they're like immediately as soon as you bring up something like whole life insurance or annuities. I'm not interested in that. I just want to own a bunch of stocks. That's great. Now you've got market risk, you've got liability risk, you've got all these other risks that you're not counting on. It's not just the market going up and down. It's all the other potential things that can happen that can take a large chunk of your wealth away from you. Yeah, that's a really good point. So the idea is that if you can take a big picture look, we talk about holistically, understanding where you're putting funds, where, uh, how are you protected if something, you know, a bad event occurs. And that's so important as far as keeping that wealth. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of what, what we talk about on a regular basis. Do we have everything in one bucket? Should we be looking in other areas? And so, granted, we do that within portfolios, right? We look at market risk and you know how correlated are we to markets. But you also need to start thinking about, especially if you're in accumulation mode or even protection mode, how are you doing that right now? That's and right. many people don't have a plan. That's right. So anyway, uh, when is that seminar? That's going to be the 12th, right, Brett? Yeah. Thir- it's a Thursday, right? Thursday. Thursday the 12th. Not this Thursday. Next right. Thursday. Yes. Next, next Thursday the 12th. And uh, it's online. So simply go to our website, realinvestmentadvice.com. If you're interested, just click the link to register for it, and uh, we'll send you all the relevant information to uh, log into it. So, But that'll be on the 12th. Correct. All right. Uh, get ready to wrap up the show this morning. Uh, futures are pointing a little bit higher. Interestingly enough, rates are coming down. Yields coming down here. Um, of course, this is ahead of the Fed meet, uh, Fed minutes. So the Fed minutes are going to get released and we'll f- kind of get a, a window glimpse into what was supposedly talked about. Now, look, these minutes are all tailored, right? So these aren't actual minutes. These are the tailored minutes from the meeting uh, to portray the message the Fed wants you to hear. But those meeting, those minutes will get released. People will kind of start analyzing those. And, of course, you know, the Fed's going to continue to hike rates. Estimates right now are that the Fed will hike rates three more times in this year, um, 25 basis points each at those rate hikes. So that gives to about five and a quarter percent uh, when we get there. And then the plan for the Fed, and this is what will probably be in the minutes, is that the plan is to get to five, five and a quarter, and then hold those rates there, right? And it's just not, not hike anymore. That's not a pivot, by the way. That's just getting them to, to a point and terminating rate hikes. Um, now, interestingly enough, yields on treasuries tend to peak before the peak in Fed rates. So, again, interest rates on a 10-year treasury have stopped going up. Now, they've been kind of vacillating back and forth over the last couple of weeks, but they're not going higher. They're just kind of going up, coming down, going up, coming down. Uh, down a little bit more this morning. Futures are up about eight points right now. Now, futures were up a lot more uh, this morning earlier. They're starting to phase. We get closer to the open. So hopefully we'll see how the market goes. Again, we talked about at the open of the show this morning, the first five days of January tend to kind of set the tone for the month of January. Uh, So go to the first five days, so go the month. And then, of course, January tends to set the tone for the year. So goes January, so goes the year. So again, everybody's kind of watching this first five days um, Santa Claus didn't come to visit over the last you know, week of, of December. That was disappointing. 
Uh, markets didn't perform well, but they didn't perform terrible either. Um, as I said this morning, we've just really been going sideways now for about two weeks. Have not really done much in the markets at all. Um, so again, didn't get that rally that everybody was kind of hoping for. But uh, again, this first five days of January, this is where we have a majority of inflows coming in, 401k contributions, pension contributions, those type of things. There's a lot of money being dumped into the markets and um, you should get a rally here, at least in the first couple of days of January. We'll see what happens. But watch yields. Uh, yields tend to peak before um, the, the Fed uh, stops hiking rates, and then yields tend to fall over the next 6 and 12 months as the Fed, after the Fed terminates their, their rate hikes. Yields tend to fall. The reason why is because we're in recession. So again, the, the big call for this year is recession, no recession, and the impact it has on economic growth, earnings, and of course the markets. That's this is all eyes are on the recession at this point. Yeah, you gotta love all the, the headlines right now. I saw one today that said slow session. Yeah. So it just means it's gonna be real slow for a while. But it's not gonna <laughs> technically be negative. Which I don't know what you know, it's all about the same at this point, right? Yeah. I, I'm not sure there's a difference between a slow session, uh, a recession, or a, just a deep dive. I mean, you know, it, it eventually to the same to the point of the consumer, you know, it's going to feel bad. And yeah. you know, right now the hope is is that somehow we're going to go through this economic slowdown and not have a dramatic uptick in unemployment. But usually that's not the case. Well, and we're beginning to see just like we talked about last year. You know, we thought that we'd get into the new year, see more layoffs. We're seeing that mm -hmm. today. Um, I think we're probably going to continue to see a little bit more. I'm actually hearing from people that we know that, you know, hey, just got laid off beginning of the year. Anybody else know somebody? It's uh, an unfortunate part of times like this, but probably something we may see more of that to come. So um, be sure and get by the website if you have any questions. Uh, Michael Leibowitz has a new article out this morning talking about the kind of the pathways of what's happening with the Federal Reserve. And again, this is all about QT. So as we go into this year and, and you know if you're expecting a big rally in the markets this year it's possible certainly but you know one of the the big challenges that we're going to have is the fact that the fed is extracting liquidity out of the markets through both rate hikes as well as quantitative tightening and that has been a big driver of the markets over the last 10 years you know it's it's going to be the question of of can markets exist without the fed doing this in other words can can markets climb even in the face of the fed tightening their reducing their balance sheet and, and tightening monetary policy typically that's never happened before in history um generally when the fed's hiking rates uh, markets don't tend to perform well but could this time be different sure um we always have to leave open you know leave room for the possibility of something but from a probability standpoint um we're continuing to remain a little bit more risk averse right now um, as we do that. So get by the website. In fact, uh, we talk more about QT in this morning's daily commentary. So make sure you're subscribed to the website that goes out right at 730, gives you a market trading update for the day, gives you commentary, quick three-minute read for you, kind of get you up to speed for the markets, what's going to happen during the day. We update that every single day through the week. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to the website, realinvestmentadvice.com. Send your questions, comments, emails. If you need help, need to talk to Danny about your financial planning, estate planning, et cetera, he's happy to help you. Simply go by the website, click the Ask Question link at the top of the page. Send us your questions, comments, emails. Always love to do it realinvestmentadvice.com. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition. Michael Leibowitz will be here tomorrow on Real Investment Show.